my things, you know, for some time now to Steichen, mm -hmm. and, so, and that he was terribly impressed by them, and that he thought that I uh, should, by all means, if I could, be part of this conference. Mm -hmm. There were a number of people there who you could call commercial photographers of various sorts. And that's what Berka was, in a sense. Yeah, and uh, another name that I have here, but I don't know too much about a man named Will Connell or Connell. Yeah, Will, Will, uh, Will Connell or Connell uh, was kind of uh, pathetic in a way, uh, because he didn't really belong in this group. He was, he was much less, uh, at least the people who were, who were there were, were somewhat theoretically uh, interested in photography, you know. He was. He had an. In, he had had led an interesting life, and some of the things that he had to say were, you know, were interesting about mm -hmm. photography generally, even as a teacher. But uh, it was. Uh, it, it was. I, I made more. I mean, I could get more out of Will Connell than than, the, than, than the, you know than the New Halls or even or even Dorothea. Or, you know, could maybe maybe Dorothea could get something. Mm -hmm. Will Connell. I'm not sure I know what you mean by getting something out. Uh, appreciate, appreciate uh, his interaction with the world, how he had worked, how he had operated, how mm -hmm. he had, what photography had meant to him, you know. I see. How about um, this woman, Laura Gilpin? Have you met her? Uh, it was very friendly and very friendly and not particularly uh, uh, standoffish or anything like that. But it, it, it was only sort of a, a you know, I mean, she was in, uh, she was gently living in the in, in the day that was past, yeah. you know. You never met her before. No, never met her. Right. I haven't seen her before. I I think she's a nice lady and, and more power to her. Yeah. But that's that. Now here's a name that I think I have never seen anywhere else. Uh, my own name is that a man named Fritz Kaiser or Kaiser II. Yeah. Second. Yeah. Well, he, he was a uh, a photographer in Aspen. Uh, a fairly well-to-do person who had a ho nice house up there mm -hmm. and has a very nice uh, uh, home in Tucson now. Uh, he did, uh, he did, I guess, uh, already have at that time or was beginning to. And I got uh, quite friendly with him and his wife. Mm -hmm. And we have, in, in, in more recent years, uh, seen him sometimes. And on the opening of the, of the Tucson Center, he, he was there in the audience and then suddenly... Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, I signed his name on a notepad on Harold's desk. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, but I've never seen any I, pictures. I will, or I will quote him, you know, because he, he said they wouldn't mind. Uh, he said, uh, you know, he, he had less looked around, you know, I, before I spotted him, he spotted me there. Uh, looked around at the photographs and, uh, you know, he just uh, greeted it, you know, and I said, and I said well, I used to, you know, just like, tell me how I think, you know. You know, he had just been looking at the photos, you know, what do you think? And he said, uh, he said, uh, Fred, you're still numero uno. <laughs> and he, cause he was one of the guys who was really, consistent, and by, and all of the, uh, all of the people that uh, could afford it and had the sense and, and, and you know, that were there, from that point on, we're all starting to buy the lenses and type of stuff that I was plugging. Because, yeah. you know, so, so he, he bought himself processed lenses, you know, from after that. Mm -hmm. And so on, I mean, uh, you know, I became influential technically with a lot of people mm -hmm. at that point. Now, I've never seen any of his own photography. Has he pursued that career? Uh, he has not pursued it. He just simply has not pursued it with the, with the, uh, with, with the uh, you know, directness and extent that I think he could have. Mm -hmm. He got side, he, you never can say that the guy got sidetracked either, you know. But he, he got to doing other things, just like I was doing other things. But somehow other, I have a feeling my things uh, nourished each other yeah. a little bit better. Yeah, your specialty is connecting with each other. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, we talked about their Thea Lang uh, a bit. Here's a, how about Wayne Miller? Did you have any? I liked Wayne very much. He was a very likable person and, and uh, uh, a very, very nice, gentle, direct approach to life. And I, I like Wayne. And, uh, and, and Wayne was very interested in what I was doing, too. Mm -hmm. Now, had you ever met him before? Never met him, except that uh, I had heard uh, uh, about him, you know, 
proof proof dike and then uh, uh, other ways. Porter, of course, you mentioned. Um, Miner, we, we mentioned a little bit. Um, I'm curious what his position was sort of in this conflict, uh, of essentially, of yourself and the new halls. Um, what his role, because <laughs> I would think he would be potentially in the middle of that also. Uh, he, the interesting, way, interesting thing to uh, really go on record here is, is to mention that, that with all of the more or less uh, discursive differences that we had in discussions up there, uh, he was very definitely uh, on my side, mine I was, because he said, uh, he said before, you know, before the conference was over, he said, uh, they, they have, were thinking of starting a journal, you know, which turned out to be opportunity. And, uh, and he, he said, Fred, if I, or I don't know what those exact words, but the implication was that uh, if I have anything to do with it, I hope we can, you know, we can get your work published soon, mm -hmm. you know, in, 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 in Aperture, and whatever the, the name wasn't determined at the time. Right. And you had just met him in San Francisco a little while before? A little while before. He had, uh, he he had heard from Adams, and he had heard from various other people. And, uh, uh, and he, he wrote me. I don't know how the hell that started, that came about, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, here's another person that's primarily a commercial photographer, John Morris. Well, John Morris is a very nice guy. John Morris actually is doing the living as far as I know, is an editor mostly. Yeah. Yeah, John Morris. Oh, John Morris, Morris and I just had a wonderful time. Hmm. I mean, he's a, he's a, he's a guy, he's a linguistically organized guy. You know, if you get along with a guy, you can talk, you can understand. This is the difference between a guy who's linguistically organized and somebody who squeezes his feelings through a tube, like you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a great image. <laughs> I'm just seeing what that would look like. Uh, <laughs> you know, well, you know, damn well some people carry their, their feelings in a, in a, in a, like in a, to a toothpaste tube. <laughs> Give you a little squirt of that. Once in a while. <laughs> uh, and then wonder why you're not sympathetic, why you're not getting all very excited, jumping around. Let's talk about the, the new halls a little bit, because we've been referring to them a lot. We haven't really established sort of the facts of the thing here. Is, um, when did you first, you know, run across the new halls, or did they see your work in some other location, and you just sort of heard about their response? How did that initially? I don't know what the particular order was. But uh, I, well, of course, I, I already knew about, I had already heard about Newhall from, from uh, but, but only, only in, a, in, a, in a light way from, from Stieglitz. Because mm -hmm. I, I was, uh, at the time, I was uh, seeing Stieglitz while in New York, remember? Yeah. Uh, the Museum of Modern Art was trying to get something started about photography. Right, I knew I was the first person there. Yes, and, and uh, Stieglitz brought this up while we were just standing there in the gallery, the two of us talking. And he says, now he's, you know, how he's always saying, what, you know, now you see, now these people want these things. Now here, and these people want these things, but they, I am not interested in their conditions. I don't, I'm not interested in, or whatever you're saying. He didn't want to go along with how they visualized this. You know, they had, a, he had other ideas. You know. mm -hmm. And, uh, but then, uh, and then I certainly, uh, uh, then the next thing somewhere is along the line, uh, see that was 30, oh that was 35 you see, alright, alright, so this was just a name, you know, but, but there was a guy, who was, Name yeah, who, uh, you know, that later I found out had been, a, been actually a librarian there, right. and, and uh, became the first curator. But then, it's uh, in 50, uh, 30, 50 uh, no, 36, we met Edward Weston, and, and then after that, certainly the next, certainly the next time we saw Weston. Well, I, Weston was very interested in my, in my uh, experiences with Stevens, you know. mm -hmm. and uh, was very, uh, very interested in what I was saying about Stevens. Mm -hmm. 
Weston. Yeah, because Weston, uh, this was con uh, uh, not entirely contrary, you know. But uh, uh, you have that well in, in due time. You get that get that little Hagemeyer uh, Weston Hagemeyer letter out, you know, and it shows you the misunderstandings that go on in this, just because people haven't got the ABCs right. You know? But uh, let, let's come come back to to uh, let's come back more uh, gradually, because uh, I don't really know. But we can really uh, let us say the first contacts, you know, are easier to establish in a roundabout way. Let's say. Mm -hmm. But anyway, uh, we by the time uh, I saw the new halls at Aspen, I had actually never personally met Newhall until uh, until Aspen, because he he was away. And, uh, and uh, in, the, in, the, in the some war effort, you know, in the, in the 40s, right. Right. and uh, Nancy was was overlooking things at the museum, <laughs> and she was she was rather friendly, you know. That's a funny way of putting it. She was overlooking things. The <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> well, assuming that wasn't really a mistake, but there was some sense <laughs> coming out. <on. laughs> of course. <laughs> That's exactly what she was doing. <laughs> and uh, so. Uh, she had been friendly and, and, and uh, you know, trying to, but, but it was, it was a kind of a, it was kind of a parochial sort of a, an attitude. And, yeah, her attitude, and of course, uh, so was, uh, was uh, Beaumont. And uh, to me, it's, it's fantastic. Anybody that close to 57th Street mm -hmm. and sitting in the Museum of, of Art, Contemporary Museum of Art, uh, was literally saying he didn't care about art, least of all modern art. Yeah? Yeah. And, uh, and, and Ansel was, was, uh, was declared uh, opponent of, of modern art. He was terribly bothered by well, the psychological, uh, what he thought the psychological uh, premises and undertones of, of all of these people, you know. Next thing, uh, somebody else would have said it, uh, more crudely would have said, all oh, these guys all need psychiatric help, you know. Mm -hmm. But uh, none of this takes away my respect for, for Adams, uh, Ansel Adams, uh, and, uh, because he was, he was working and, and uh, he was just after simply his makeup. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was, his life was episodic, very strong worker, very consistent worker, and uh, but to him, for instance, the very different, the very fact that he, for some reason, you know, uh, with some people, thank no detail, uh, he left, left, I mean, uh, left uh, off being a, a, a practicing pianist, uh, so the story goes anyway. Mm -hmm. And um, so he must have been very skilled at this. And um, there's, there's some feeling that he, uh, you know, that there are regrets involved in having left us, in a way. And uh, I can't imagine that they really are. I, think I, I imagine there's much closer tie mm -hmm. than he realizes. And uh, from what I know, you know, between what goes on between scores and, mm -hmm. and what scores can be and, and so on. Yeah. Um. But anyway, so here, here, uh, um, by that time, uh, the fact that uh, the fact that the things uh, that the things had already pretty, pretty been pretty well uh, run pretty well had had a good airing, let's say at that point at the Museum of Modern Art, uh, there was there, they they knew, and they could tell from the, the way the young you know the younger people were uh, reacting that this is going to be something to contend with. And uh, and they just didn't take lightly to it. Yeah. Um, and, uh, in terms of the Aspen Conference, you gave a presentation that was titled, apparently, or a general area was painting and photography. And I would think that the kinds of things you would have said probably include a lot of things. I, I, you mean that was the title of what I did say there at one point or another? Seen. Yeah, that's the reference I've seen. Um, and... Well, my, well, my real question is, would there, was there anything in particular that you said under that rubric that uh, we haven't really already touched on in our discussion to this point, or would it be 
<laughs> Not really, because uh, many of the, uh, I already had many of these photographs, you see, that I'm still showing today. In fact, some of the best-selling things uh, are some things of that time. And uh, I think I'm just, I would, I would, what I'm saying now, I'm just saying much more effectively, you know. And uh, I wish I had, uh, I had been as effective then as I'm, uh, as I'm able to say this now. And I, I might have actually been able to, to allay some people's uh, apprehensions about certain things because I, I'm, not, I'm not really looking for enemies, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, mischief only up to a certain point Saturday nights, you know. Yeah. But not all week long. It gets tiresome. Maybe what, what needs to be uh, said in the way that to say this, to say this is to just describe briefly what, what the, I mean, if there was an issue at this conference that was going to be resolved, or at least for you, what you saw the issue, uh, uh, say between these people were resolving as a whole, or, or between you and... Uh, maybe, uh, maybe what the last stand, if, if this had been fought all, out, and, and uh, or if one could still see this, you know, going on now, and uh, put the finger on it, uh, I think they sort of would tend to say, that, that they were trying to make the last stand in the fact that this was manufactured subject matter. In, in, in taking exceptions to... to, to manuf yeah, because, because at that point, you see, at that point, I, I had done the absolutely horrible thing. I had brought the damn... I had brought nature. Every flake that I carried around was, was in a sense, nature. You know, the real the thing that existed. Well, just that and here was the photograph. That's right. So I just... I just swapped the people, you know. The more I showed these things, the more everybody was just, you know, was, was just, and, and people were just crazy about that stuff, uh, you know. I mean, and uh, witness what happened the way they came that second week. I mean, these young ones, these people were just coming. I still know people that, that, that if I see, see them, you know, uh, they, their eyes just light up and they'd say, Fred, wasn't that something? Wasn't that some campaign? <laughs> you know? And, uh, because I enjoyed this hugely because I, I, I knew that I had the I had the evidence, you know, in my hands, you know. And, uh, I wondered uh, one detail really, a specific thing about the conference. Now, uh, also I was making and then to extend this a little bit, since that was the great the great day of the document still, you know, people were just uh, harping on on the, the document. I said, Oh my god. It, it, you saw a policeman shot. You got a photograph. Mm -hmm. I'm not even sure that you really saw a policeman shot. You could have, you could have faked this. Mm -hmm. But I've got the evidence here. These things. Oh, I listen. Am I? I was just so far ahead linguistically. See? Yeah. Speaking of language, uh, one of the discussions, of course, was <laughs> plenty of mischief about the founding of what eventually was an aperture. Um, did you kind of, will you chime in on any of these discussions about that? And what kinds of things were people uh I was very unwelcome because the, the New World Wing of things was very much interested in, in what that publication was going to be. And if they were going to have any, uh, any kind eye towards this, they would want to be the ones to fundle it. And it would be to fundle it their way. And it took, it, it took minor 12 years to do that aperture. The one that that, yes, exactly 12 years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, it was, a, it was almost five, four or five years before Aperture even appeared after this conference. Well, there were a lot of other things going on uh, that Miner was part of because he, he, uh, he started to work for the Eastman House. And he was very active. And, mm -hmm. and uh, he would have done something you know, in other ways too. So I, I, I really can uh, know that that I count in the the uh, the, uh, the genesis or the you know the uh, you know, what is it the fetus in the making you know? uh, the, yeah, the, the gestation period. You know I count that in in the twelve years, mm -hmm. and that's uh, very important to count in and not forget that it was part of that mm -hmm. all the time. Well. Um, I guess in a general way, one of the questions in my mind is just when, when you left this conference, 
did you have a feeling about a photographic community that perhaps you might have thought you belonged to at this point, that you didn't have when you came to it? Uh, you know? No, not really. Uh, I, would, I came away, uh, I had a sort of, a, a, you know, a sort of theoretical glimpse of, of uh, how I felt before that, but what, what it was was this, is at the end of the tape where something flipped. No, that was something, as long as it's making a speed, it's still going around, right? Oh, okay. What, uh, what I said to myself then, especially, uh, you know, looking at that, uh, you know, young and not so youngish audience, you know, that came specially to see this thing, you know, they'd come, you know, and say, God, we heard, you know, what a story was going on here. Uh, that it was the young, the young would do it for me, you know. And, and with a few exceptions, actually, uh, uh, it's the young that have done it. I mean, you know, it was a guy like, like uh, uh, Harold who had the courage, you know, to ask, in an, uh, ask high prices for my things in an open market, you know, to start with, you know. But mm -hmm. I, in fact, I only, only agreed to, to, uh, to have anything to do with after he guaranteed me that uh, that was that he would you know I told him I'm not interested in, unless they were very very high prices you know, gotta, something's got to be done for photography mm -hmm. not just for me. Yeah. So it was uh, that uh, the time has simply I knew then when I was asking the time had not really come, and uh, but eventually it would come, and uh, that. Uh, I could see, I could see the difficulty of question abstract and, and surrealist things, and, and generally, mm -hmm. just imaginative work. I mean, imaginative work. Uh, subject unassigned was a problem. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. Uh. In in a way, the uh, the same. I mean, you have, you talk about photographic community and the way the problems still exist because if you're thinking of it um, as, as a on professional terms, in the professional community, it's the, it's the same problem that, that uh, has always existed, that, that, that people aren't really professionals until they can say what they were, what they were doing, what they are doing, until they can put it in the words and, and, and share it on that, on that level. And I, that's still a, very rare if, if it exists at all in the, the photographic community. In the last this this happens to be unfortunately true. That sounds very harsh when you first hear it, you know, what, what he's saying there. Because that cuts, that cuts. Uh, you know, we're always learning. I'm, I'm learning to say it better every day. I'm still hoping to, you know, and I am actually. We're still, we're both of us still working on. It. But uh, of course, so you spend, you spend, uh, uh, say, two thirds of your career. By that time, you're already, you're pretty damn accomplished if you're going to be anything, you know, at all, you know. But you, you still, sometimes, uh, so at certain levels, certain aspects of this. You still don't have the capacity to really say it, and because and a lot of this is that within the even within the professional situation, the really question is there is a there is a uh, there is a lag on on the uh, linguistic you know uh, structure. There's not there's not much of a of a playground, you know. I mean, well, if, that, that's if, where dispute comes in, but yeah. it's a ground for, for discussion from the language that's, that's been used previously. There's a previous round of agreement. But I, that's right. It's so hard to know where to begin. You know, and you can see this in, in, uh, in reading about Brunelleschi and, and, and uh, the things that Alberti worked on and the way Alberti's uh, uh, writing about art and you know, architecture. Uh, it's that kind of a thing. This, this is something that was not invented just in the head of a man like this. This was an audience. And the audience here is, uh, the audience is terrible, it's nil. You know, I mean, they, uh, they we, we need this, we don't even have it in painting yet, imagine, uh, imagine in, in, in photography, you know, it, one, one has to. And uh, uh, this is not, I mean, this is uh, far from, uh, from uh, criticizing people like yourself, because you're in this group too, you know. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, if, I, if I size you up right, I mean, you could end up, you know, in a situation where you would, might, might be interested in pulling these things together. You're working at it, you know. 
And so the question really is how to how to uh, say it, how to say it so so that so that it has some structure to it, so that this has some cohesion, and uh, that people don't have to do again and again the same damn thing all over again. That's not the way science operates. You know, there's some cumulated uh, benefit of, of, of things, mm -hmm. but it seems like a, a guy a guy dies, and the next guy starts to paint. You know, just like like you know. Virgin birth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's terrible. Let me take a peek at this here and see how it went for time. It's really making a real thick noise in there. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't so far away, we could call and ask and make a call. Well, I may call him anyway. Call it to bed with a lot of pillows. Yeah. Sleep in bed and we give it out. Yeah. I may go, I may. Right, I'm getting to some anyway after. Okay. Good, let's talk about old times and let me borrow your silicone spray. <laughs> 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 uh, well, let me ask about a few events. Um, much of what I have really uh, been able to find for relative, for things in the 50s here are really just exhibits. And there's a few other things. But let's just comment on a few of them. There may not be too much to say about some of them. Um, for example, in the year following, Aspen. There's this uh, another exhibit at the Museum of Modern Art with a rather unlikely title of Diogenes with a camera. Unlikely, I think, given the group of people that were in it was this very mixed bag, uh, or mixed bag is almost a polite way of, <laughs> of putting it. Um, people like uh, Esther Bubbly. Um, What's happened to her? Who is she? I think she's still around. Is she a well, I mean, there are people, there are people working on it <laughs> in terms of the, the uh, uh, Standard Oil, you know, documentation project where she worked with Stryker. I mean, that's uh, the only place I've ever heard her name. But, uh, you know, and Carrie uh, Callahan, Elliot Porter and yourself, and Eugene Smith. And this show, I believe, also had... Now, was I in a, in, I was in one group, uh, one of these, uh, I was in one of these these things. And who were the other people in that same group at that time moment? Just the people I read. Esther oh. Bubbly, oh, yeah. Edward Weston, Eugene Smith, Harry Callahan, and Elliot Porter. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that is strange. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a real, yeah. a real gathering in of the herd sort of, of all different kinds. Um, but this show, in that particular exhibit, um, you exhibit also some of the objects. You bet. And this was one of the nicest things that uh, Steichen ever did. And that, that, that allayed a lot of a lot of things and, uh, and raised some very important problems that even for the Museum of Modern Art uh, in, other than photography that they never took care of because some years later they had, a, had a, an exhibition where they tried to uh, uh, where they were dealing with collages and, and uh, montages and various things like that and uh, they completely overlooked that they themselves had done mm -hmm. something you know, you know, that belonged to that world. And they got taken to the cleaners for that. Some people really gave them hell. It wasn't me. Huh. And, but I want to tell you something interesting about this, uh, as I recollect, a nice, nice thing. It's, it's, it's interesting to get intelligence from a distance and sometimes in unexpected ways, you know. Um, there, was a, uh, there was a girl that worked as a social worker here in Prescott. And uh, she was from a, from a, uh, a f I think her father was a Libyan, li from Libya. Hmm. Not Lib Libya, from uh, Lebanon? Lebanon. The Lebanese, yeah. The family was Lebanese. And uh, she was uh, uh, telling us that she was going to New York City, you know, because she was going, she intended to do more efficient and more in-depth social work that she could do in a public job here. Mm -hmm. She's going to work for some uh, highfalutin agency or something. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so uh, uh, she ask, asked us, you know, uh, she was interested in photographs that she had seen here on occasion or, or drawings and so forth. And she, she uh, in fact, she was quite interested. And she said, please le uh, uh, let me know when you have something in the museum in New York or something of yours is being shown. Because uh, I want to go and see it. And uh, 
So when this uh, Diogenes show happened to come along, and she had just gone to New York, you know, just that year maybe or so, uh, Francis sent her a note saying, you know, Fred does have some things for her now to museum and show them. So she went and she wrote us a rather lengthy letter that was very, very interesting. And among the way she had uh, had the thing, she said, uh, she, she went in, you know, and uh, first thing she did, this is downstairs somewhere, and she went in and saw this and uh, looked it over and, was, you know, and she tells about her impressions, I suppose, or something. And I saw it was interesting and giving me some idea of the feeling, you know, you get a feeling of what you see. And, and at the same time, that she said, while she was doing this, uh, there were two Frenchmen there. And these Frenchmen were very, very, uh, uh, almost heatedly at times, you know, with enthusiasm and mm -hmm. discussing and arguing mm -hmm. over, over the, uh, uh, these things. And they were standing, especially over the vitrines, you know, looking at all, all this mm -hmm. world. And then she said she went through the museum and she spent two hours going through the museum, uh, looking at uh, art, you know, what other exhibits that they have, because they have a lot of exhibits there. And she said she wanted to wanted to take another look at, at uh, my things before leaving, you know. Yeah? So she went down again, and those two Frenchmen were still there arguing, right? and talking about this. And at that point, I knew I knew exactly what that situation was. Obviously, the, uh, these people were very much in the know, and who knows who they were? You know, it might have been people that we know about. Yeah. And uh, but uh, uh, because what. Uh, in, in to, to sum it up in a, in a nutshell, uh, what this had to, uh, no matter whether it had even anything to do directly with photography, you see, you could even cut that out. Uh, this was this uh, pertained to the, the the problem of the object, and here at this point, I quote Max Ernst one, one time said that uh, the problem of our time is the problem of the object. See, because at one time the art did not, I mean, or not, the object did not have any st standing. In other words, an object is anything in nature, you know, mm -hmm. and it didn't have any standing in art. Object in the most general sense. Yeah, didn't have any standing in art, and and but it was only you know it was only in, in, since the 1900s that very gradually, and especially since uh, since uh, cubism and, and uh, collages and objects and so forth. Right. Yeah. And. Uh, and uh, that things have been taken, you know, and somehow came into the, uh, and, and were placed directly into the hierarchy of things. That, that shock, yeah, all that. And so uh, I got a kick out of this because I'm sure <laughs> these guys, you know, will never forget that. Yeah. You know, those two guys will never forget that. Let me turn this over and it's right at the end. Ah, <laughs> to, to yeah, we got enough flesh to please it. He puts up. Wonderful. Well, were you able to play that back without that uh, that uh, sound, there's that no noise? There's no thing through there's, the score. There's no, there's no squeak on the tape. Yes, but, we but were I just hearing the machine. We we hear so that. Yeah, it would it would be okay in another yeah. okay. Yeah, that's fine. Um, anyway, anyway, so you can see how uh, how I've had to live with it uh, from a distance, kind of, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Getting reports back. Well, that's an interesting way of informing yourself, actually. Um, there's another show. There's a show in Japan, and you you referred to going to Japan. Uh, but that that uh, that was a completely different time period, and and also. Uh, I didn't do anything photographically one way or another in Japan. Not a and I, I even, uh, I even don't mind saying it, kind of bored by Japanese photography. What you've seen of it? Yeah. 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 Well, um, this show that's in Japan, much. was it just arranged by the, by the Museum of Modern Art? Or yes, that's something that they, that's something that they arranged. Steichen submitted the work and... Mm -hmm. Oh, you just... Got a catalog. Yeah. 
You just discovered you'd been in a show in Japan. That's of. right. That's right. <laughs> but also there was this. Uh, there was this. I guess it was a portfolio of reproductions done in Colorado Springs uh, Fine Arts Center or whatever the name of the thing was. Uh, and who was in? Who else was in it? Or was that just like one reproduction? There was one reproduction yesterday. Bunch of what the, bunch of different people. What the hell was the the uh, the photograph? I even forgot what the so photograph. Says here, found painting. Yeah. Oh, it said. Oh, yes, a very nice little reproduction of the, of that the board. Yeah. Thing, yeah. Who, who else? Who else's work was in that? Do you know? Do you recall? Well, uh, there was one Cartier Bresso, and probably uh, probably several of the people who were in the in that Aspen show, and possibly a Callahan and an Siskin. Things they might have done in the West that could be included in the general rubric of the West. Huh? Yeah, that, it, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't all as as tight as the. It sound. Yeah, as it as it as the title sounds because after all, I could have done that board some other place. Now, wasn't the man who put that together named Mitchell Wilder or something? Like he that? was the director of the Pasadena. Uh, no, no, he was the director of the of the uh, Colorado Springs Art Center. Mm -hmm. Now what, uh, was he the one who, whose idea this was to do? I don't have any idea. Uh, the, uh, the person I dealt with was a, was, was, a, uh, was a man who was a photographer for the art center. Ah. And uh, he was one of the young people who had come up to Aspen. Ah, and you don't recall his name? And, uh, no, I don't. Yeah. It, may be, uh, it may be listed in the, uh, in the credits, you know, in the publication. Probably. Okay, and, and also while we're talking about maybe this is like the Japanese show, there was a show in Paris also, uh, contemporary American photography. Would that have been another thing like that, uh, arranged by the Museum of Modern Art that you really had no part in? I certainly didn't know. Uh, these are uh, these are some things that uh, Steichen, Steichen did. contributed, uh, you know, put together. And, uh, I mean, just these things were supposedly, I believe, partly made for the State Department. Yeah, probably. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, CIA photographs, huh? Well, let me ask this while we're talking about the 50s, or trying to talk about the 50s. Uh, we touched on this, I think, maybe when the tape was off the other day. Um, but just the whole question of uh, the 50s was a very negative period in this country in a lot of ways, and I'm thinking of McCarthyism mm -hmm. particularly, and I'm just wondering if out here in the, the hills of Prescott, what, what, you know, how much of that you had any sense of or... Uh, how much of it you care to be aware of, you know, or if it affected you in any way, that kind of, uh, first, just the actual McCarthyism as an attitude. Well, it was a very depre depressing period in, in, in the sense that uh, it didn't, didn't we didn't have any, any direct uh, uh, difficulties no with it or any, presenting any problems, but it was a pathetic thing. No, Francis says she had to sign the oath. It's one of these p pathetic things. Uh, that, that you know that as great a country as this would would, would be would be uh, you know would be uh, led around and you know at the nose at the nose, the nose by an idiot like like that man. But basically, it really, it didn't impinge on your existence in any way. Other than no. As an, another irritating kind of thing. <laughs> Mm. No, actually, the fifties I think were very good for me in the making of photographs there and drawings. It was a very good period. Hmm. And of course, the other movement. Actually, uh, going to that Aspen uh, uh, meeting was good because uh, you know it it uh, it gave me a shot in the arm. I got your juices. Oh, it got me. It gave me a shot in the arm. I knew I had. I knew I had it made after that. I mean, I really knew it was. I, you know, I, I, I had for, you know, for 10 days people there, you know, these weekends were just, uh, you know, no problem. I knew, I knew I could, and I also knew, you know, it was a good uh, playground or an experimental ground to, to uh, find out, you know, how I, you know, could I present ideas and talk and I... To test your... Uh, yeah, it was very good, very good. Okay, and, and um, here's another little item in the chronology of, uh, that in 1954 you go to Mexico. Now that would that have been your first trip to Mexico? 19 what? 54. 
Why would would that come up as a photograph of the uh, title uh, 54? I don't know. That's a in in one of the chronologies that I saw in one of the catalogs or whatever. There was just a reference to 1954. You made a trip to Mexico. Well, so many times. I think this. Uh, I forget it. I think this is just we. You know, we did so much going there. Somebody must have just picked us out of the wild because some photograph in Mexico, you know, might have been, might have been dated. And that could just be, you know, that. Uh, but that's only 60 miles across the, the water. The, the Mexican bay is 52. 52. <laughs> so there you are. See. So you just. Being, well, once, once the Nogales Angel. I don't. I don't have a. But, but being uh, like a lot of people in this part of the country, you've been to Mexico repeatedly. Sure. We just go well, for five yeah. weeks to get. <laughs> no. Never mind. No. Well, they don't have first one. Going to Tucson. You, you, cut, you cut off an interesting thing there, I can tell. To, to buy something you can buy cheaper in Mexico, I think. Liquor. Yeah, liquor. <laughs> Just every five weeks. <laughs> Sometimes it was six. It had to be five. Oh, I see. It had to be at least Well, we consumed a lot of tequila here. We started yeah. a lot of people off with tequila. Uh, <laughs> okay, well, so... The influence of Mexico is ridiculous uh, to discuss in this relation because it's constant. Uh, it's just the place you go. Yeah. Like, um, yeah. like if I would go to New York City in a weekend, only you're closer. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. That's right. Okay. Well, then maybe the thing we really come to. Uh, yeah. Just take, just strike it out of the chronology. I mean, uh, don't don't stick it into anything. Yeah. Well, the first yeah. time you would have gone would have been probably when you were in Tucson. Exactly. Exactly. So it's just one of many. I went down there with McKenzie, with friends. Uh, I was McKenzie. One Sunday afternoon, you know, that was the first time across the line into Mexico. And that was that. Okay, well then the thing that really comes up that's in And Mexico never had, for, uh, for me, the uh, fascination that it has. Uh, I mean, I appreciated a lot about Mexico. You know, many aspects of Mexico are very interesting. But it doesn't have the kind of fascination, or, or the, uh, especially that it has had and probably still has, with a lot of Americans who... Uh, maybe even was more so even 20, 25 years ago. Kind of an exotic quality, you know, almost mm -hmm. a, a Hollywood. Well, you came out of the yeah. world. I came out of Brazil, and Brazil was a heck of a lot more exotic in yeah. a way than Mexico. I, I think that Mexico had uh, had more dignity in certain aspects than Brazil. But that depended on where you were in Brazil, too. Yeah, yeah well, I expect whoever made up the chronology I saw it in was probably really thinking of Weston. Of the, of the importance of Mexico Western, which was whole, entirely different. Oh, yeah, 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 and they spilled that, that spilled over. You know, the American artist goes to Mexico. And yeah, <laughs> but if you ever see that anyways in, the, in, a, in any chrono, a guy's chronology, you know, the, the, the guy that you like or trust, you know, or like, you know, tell him to drop it, yeah. you know, I mean, just to... Well, I'm going to update this one completely when we yeah, get all, yeah. all done here. And that's really part of what we're doing. Well, the thing I'd like to talk about then is the most interesting kind of event that's worth really talking about is the year you spent in Chicago. Like that, was a, that was a very, uh, very uh, profitable year in terms of learning. Now, now, Harry Callahan was on leave during that year, is that right? Yes, he was completely, he was completely gone. In other words, I didn't see him any of that time. And Aaron had really... Uh, Aaron was in charge at the, at the ID. Now, let me ask this just first as a simple thing. What, what exactly were the, your responsibilities in terms of teaching and classes? What, what, was, what were you involved with? I had, uh, I had two days, and it uh, started out, and essentially remained two days in the, in the second semester, too. But uh, the first semester was a Monday and a Tuesday, and uh, I, taught, I taught a class. I mean, uh, I didn't, didn't deal. I said, who was dealing with it? Aaron, I guess, was dealing with the freshmen. But I was I was dealing with the sophomores, mm -hmm. and then I had the uh, then I also had the, had the graduate students. graduate students. Just basically those yeah. two groups. basically those those two groups. Maybe a group of upperclassmen, possibly. Yeah, somehow I worked with them too, but it, I remember more as the the uh, the most of all the most exciting was to work with the. With the uh, with the sophomores, because mm -hmm. nobody expected them to do very much, 
and uh, I just put them through the grind. Oh boy, did I put them through the grind. I would stand on the outside of the dark room, you know, and I had a pact with every one of them. Uh, don't throw anything away. You make a print and you bring it out here to me slowly. You know, I didn't do this like I was hitting them over the head. I very gently persuasively, but the idea got around. So finally they began to realize that they, uh, that they were throwing away a lot of the best things out of the, off of their film strips. So they, uh, they gradually would, uh, got to the point where they would always show me every, every, uh, every shoot, proof sheet. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and we would go over them together and, uh, and speculate. You know, I, wanted to, you know I, I was also wanted to see why, what the guy would be, you know, was favoring. And I, and I suggested he make one if he was very interested in it, you know. But, but uh, I, always, I said, you know, you know, for one that you do for yourself in here, do one of the, of the things here that you don't think are so good, possibly, you know. Do this for, for my sake. Huh? Mm -hmm. And uh, you could see, the, oh boy, they were just, they were just opening up, you know, they were mm -hmm. starting to creep. Because what the trouble with people is that they don't respect what they've done and seen themselves. And then they go around thinking they want to invent things, but they've already done it. But they don't see it. When they see it on the strip, they don't recognize it. Mm -hmm. If it happened, I remember what I used to say, if it happened to you, if it happened, it happened to you. You must have had a little bit something to do with it. Don't take too damn much credit, but you certainly were a bystander. Mm -hmm. So let's see what it looks like. How, uh, how structured uh, did you make these classes? Did you give assignments? For example, or was there a set structure for the the, uh, the problems? The problems were set, uh, in, uh, especially there with the sophomores. Uh, that was a routine that they already had at the ID, and I didn't see any reason for for not following. And uh, I remember the the series of problems that uh, that were handed out or were assigned. Uh, started with with a uh, copying job, mm -hmm. and it was a very wise thing to do. It's one of the hardest things to do well. And uh, there they learn more about swings and, uh, you know, very various things. I had, I had a chance, you know, so I had all these guys. Also, I had them, I had them in, this, in this large room downstairs, I mean, in this main room, where these guys were all there working, you know, you know and I could, I could see, you know, what they were doing. I, I could see, look across like this, and I could see the guy was going to have trouble with this. And uh, I wouldn't even have to, to, to uh, talk to them. And they were, and I would, uh, I had to double check. They'd show me the prints now. I'd say, well, you can see this is wrong. Do you remember your camera when was, I was doing this? They'd <laughs> say, okay, friend, okay, okay, we'll, we'll believe you. We'll believe you. From now on, we'll take a note, we'll believe you. Well, if you were, as you were saying the other day, lunch with just the two days together during the week, you had a lot of, uh, presumably, you have a lot of time uh, of your own, whether to do what you wanted with. And um, you said this was a very good year. What, what did you do? A lot of work of your own during in Chicago during this period. Okay. Um, I didn't do very much in the way of photography, to, uh, you know. But what I I just did a lot of studying. I mean, I, for one thing, I did all of the things that I could do in Chicago, uh, you know, one time or another, do some of it. That I couldn't do in Prescott, mm -hmm. see? And because it's uh, Chicago's a halfway house to a decent city, you know. <laughs> in fact, in the Midwest, it passes for a decent city. <laughs> Believe me, you haven't seen Detroit, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So uh, I really worked the uh, really worked the, uh, the Museum of Natural History. That uh, has fantastic collections of. of uh, you know, primitive art, and uh, I also worked in the, uh, you know, for, for in, in, in other terms, you know, magnificent collections of kinds of things like like uh, uh, large samples of different types of tropical woods. That oh, dream, like just dreams, dreams. If we could even photograph some of that, and. Uh, they have them. They have them hinged. You know, sometimes you can see they have it hinged like this, and the whole piece of wood would turn like this, and you see both sides of it. And, and 
sometimes it was very precious. They'd have a pack of glass, you know, and, and, uh, and of course the collections of jade and Chinese art. So I, I was working that. I was working the uh, the art the art institute a lot. And uh, I also went out to the uh, Museum of Natural History a couple, you know, twice at least. Mm -hmm. And uh, was the Museum of Science and Technology? That must have been a big a functioning. That, well, that's what the one. That's the one I really was talking about. I went there for a couple of times because the Natural History Museum was the one where uh, that had all of this uh, anthropology collection. Mm -hmm. Anyway, and uh, I also I also worked. The, uh, the bookstores somewhat in Chicago, but the, but Chicago was was basically a disappointment in terms of books. Really? Yeah, it's not. It's 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 very very uh, second rate, really. Did you work the the libraries like the Newberry Library and so on? Well, uh, no, I was think I was thinking more in things like uh, uh, no, I didn't. I went there, yes, I did know that, but not when not really. And uh, what I mean by that is, uh, I, I, it was bad in terms of bookstores where one could buy things, you know, that were really interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, they were either they were either very uh, 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 pretentiously overpriced, you know, at Crocs, mm -hmm. or they uh, or they were just trash in a lot of these other secondhand stores. Well, there were very few. There were a few exceptions, but. But these exceptions even were, were only exceptions for Chicago, not exceptions for other places. Yeah. Like there were a couple of stores in the vicinity of the University of Chicago, but even they were poor. I mean, I don't understand. I, I think the people in Chicago, uh, are, you know, don't give a damn about books. I mean, uh, Chicago is a, is a textbook city. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and a, a textbook, anybody who's ever had a textbook three times in his hands, is dead to books. I mean, he cannot pick up a good book anymore. I mean, he has to do penance the rest of his life in some way. Yeah. Yeah, let, let's talk some more just about teaching, yeah. per se, because you, of course, taught another. There was, excuse me, there was something else that you, I think you mentioned to me in connection with this. Uh, I don't know whether it was a design course you were teaching or just a particular project that you gave people. The, the, uh, the idea was to design it. Oh, the one, the uh, the yeah, no, no, that was uh, in the, that, that was in another class. I was doing, uh, I think that was the last semester there. Uh, what had, uh, oh, one interesting thing that had happened was that in that group of, of freshmen, I mean of sophomores, you know, that I met that first year, there were a number of uh, people in there who had come over from the from the from the uh, design or from the graphics people. And uh, Mish Cohen, for instance, Mish Cohen, I don't know whether you ever heard of Mish Cohen, he used to teach of graphics. Mm -hmm. And uh, and uh, he and I always had the feeling, you know, that he really was kind of sort of like trying to lord it a little bit over these photographers, you know, very lightly. And Harry, you know, didn't pay attention to that kind of thing. Harry's <laughs> you know. And Aaron, of course, would, would laugh up, you know, he was just friendly with Mish. Aaron knows how to take insult without realizing it. That's good. But anyway, so um, I, I remember among just as an example, there were two, and these, these were among the best. There were two brothers. That uh, uh, they were twins, and uh, they uh, came over and they, and they took this because it had, it been it was, it was a prerequisite to the you know the next move. To take your photo course? Yeah, to take this photo course, in, in uh, sophomore photo course. Mm -hmm. And before long, they got so intrigued in this, you know. And uh, so, so they, they just helped, uh, they worked uh, very hard. And they and another couple, or another guy at least, uh, helped to, to push this thing. You know, when you have a few bright guys who really working, it, it makes a difference, everybody else. You know? Sometimes people take a, take advice like you know from another student mm -hmm. better than they will from a teacher. Sure. If you can if you can put it through the pipes, uh, you know it uh, gets you farther than if you have to tell it to the guy. Mm -hmm. And uh, so what what uh, uh, what happened was that uh, pretty soon these these kids were saying, which of course I knew right along, that they could my God, they could learn as much about design. 
here as in a in a in a over there in, you know in graphics you know in the case with Mish Kuhn, you know. and uh, before another f four or five or six weeks passed or two months passed one of these guys one day said uh, said what do you mean you can't learn over there this is design they haven't really found out over there that this is that design is design you know and so uh, uh, this was became very influential on me and other students and uh, and the, and the work of the uh, of the sophomores uh, was you know the first the second and third time that that their problems you know were exhibited because what they, what you do they have you string out some benches there and just lay them out there on a certain day you know and they hang out a sign you know mm -hmm. saying well come and see what the what this particular class has done you know and uh, the, the, this was very impressive the teachers and the students and I was being congratulated everywhere so where does the insect come in oh well uh, then then the uh, the people in the uh, on the world of the, from the design I mean in other words from the graphics over there they had a design class or wanted to have a design class or you know or some kind of a class along that line and and they uh, they asked me if I would do it for that semester you know do a do a class just in, in design not photography but just mm -hmm. design class over there and uh, when they came at a certain problem I don't know I think we had maybe maybe that semester we had two two problems or something and uh, the last one will be a will be main concentration on it whatever it was and uh, I proposed that they should should uh, uh, a problem should be to invent an insect <laughs> oh, some of them were marvelous, absolutely marvelous. You know. <laughs> was was uh, Arthur Siegel teaching there at this time? No, not at that time, fortunately. <laughs> right. Uh, I'll, just, I'll just leave. Only, I've discovered there's only two kinds of people in the world when it comes to Arthur Siegel. <laughs> you mean Arthur Siegel and all the others? No, there's people who can be in the same room with Arthur Siegel, and then there's everybody else, you know. Well, anyway, um, by any chance, did you meet uh, Dick Nickel during this period of time, this, when this, this year there? Yes, year very, time? very soon after I got there, because I was living with Aaron on, on, uh, on uh, LaSalle Street, uh, which isn't so very far from downtown, and across a, across a uh, coffee factory. Uh, you know, coffee mill, uh, was it? What do, you, what do you call a thing like this? Coffee well, you know, yeah, coffee manufacturing yeah. house that's just Warehouse, a, a big, big building that just stood factory. by itself, you know, in front of, across this wide street from Aaron's. You could have been across from the slaughter yards. You know, oh gosh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, well, what is, well, oh, about Nichols, all right, about Nichols. So, um, they're very, um, I don't know anything about Richard, I don't think. But anyway, uh, Richard was a friend of Aaron's, and so he uh, showed up a few times. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we could see he was very friendly. And I didn't realize at the time, you know, how, you know, how deep and how profound this guy and how sensitive he really was. Because he had this, uh, had this certain, uh, uh, cool and, and, and straightforward, clean-cut look, you know, that he had. <laughs> so much so that, 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 that a few years later, I was sitting in a, in a bar with him one day, in, in a, a beer stupid type of place, you know, and the waiter asked him for his age card. <laughs> it's, it's unbelievable. How old was he at this period? I, oh, he must have been 30, you know, probably 33. Huh. You know? Or something like that. Okay, because see, I had no idea. How, I I had no. I didn't really know how old he was. Oh wait, well, I'll find out. All right. Well, the. Uh, I thought possibly he had been a, like a graduate student at, during this first year you were there. No, he uh, he had uh, finished uh, photography, and he had been. Uh, see, I don't think he'd ever he'd studied on the. I don't know what he studied on the. He's, 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 he must have. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, oh, absolutely, because Aaron, yeah, that's right, because Aaron was in there. For, so, but, but he had, yeah, both under Aaron and, and, uh, and Harry, of course. Now, in, in terms of teaching, uh, and you, the answer to this has been implied, maybe, but let me ask it directly. Um, did, did you feel, or do you feel, like the energy that went into teaching made it uh, difficult to do photography for yourself? I mean, if you had been living, say, for that, the way you lived that year, on a constant basis, do you think that would have gotten in the way of, of your own photograph? Uh. I I uh, I probably would have found an accommodation, but but offhand I would say that it certainly when it would go uh, you know it was against my style of living. I mean I just uh, I don't like to have any assignments in a sense basically. Yeah, because there's, there's an awful lot of people yeah. teaching photography now who also are trying to make photographs, and that conflict in their own life is a it's, it's a constant yeah. thing. What I was doing, which was very interesting uh, for me, is that I actually. Uh, was baiting and, and enticing these kids into making problems and, and working at solutions and finding out certain things that I didn't have to, so I didn't have to do myself. Mm -hmm. It's amazing how often that worked. To really learn from the beginning. Oh, I had these people try all kinds of things in 35 millimeters, all sorts of things, <laughs> without ever getting my hands wet. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, that's, I've, I've heard other people say that, 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 uh, that the students can do a lot of work for you, up to a point, of course. You know. Sure. And, uh, Weren't you doing the... And I, I was saw, you know, I saw a lot of things come by that, uh, that uh, were very intriguing. And uh, so I just, I'd say, say, now how does this happen? And, and how about pursuing this a little bit more, you know? And then sometimes they would. Weren't you doing some paint on cellophane? 